0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendous. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we dive into this episode, quickly want to say thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. And as I mentioned in the intro, this is a good time with the Los Angeles Rams. I guess technically coming off the bye week while you guys are listening to this, it's going to be Monday. And so the Rams will be getting into game week once again to face off against the Green Bay Packers. But I thought this was a good chance to get into the midseason awards for the Los Angeles Rams. And with the 17 game schedule, there's really no good time to do this anymore there is no actual midpoint through the season. There's 17 games now, so it's kind of hard to decide. Do you want to do it after week eight, after week nine? And I figured the Rams got a bye week here coming up. Let me just wait for that. And uh, I thought that was a good time for us to really just take a look at this first half of the season and talk about some of these awards. I did this a quarter way through the season, the quarter season awards we called them. I kind of changed up some of the awards here because, for example, I took a rookie of the year. I just didn't think there was anyone worth winning that award, but. We got most valuable player here, offensive and defensive player of the year awards, rising star, most underrated player and the biggest weakness on the roster. And we'll begin with the most important player right from the get-go, the MVP of this team. And even though it's been a rough last two weeks, I think back-to-back games with two plus interceptions, it's got to be quarterback Matthew Stafford. This guy has made all the difference for the Rams this season going off of last season. And a lot of people I feel like I've waited for their opportunity right now, which has come about over the last two weeks to compare this guy to Jared Goff and not even us, because I know we've done that and Rams fans and Rams media and people within that locker room should do that. The Rams traded away Jared Goff and brought in Matthew Stafford. They're going to be connected together, whether we like it or not. That's just the way it goes. The same way how with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz being drafted one and two, they're always going to be compared same as every other quarterback draft class with guys that go one and two or guys that go in the first round together. That's why Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, these guys are always compared to each other too. Who you replace is pretty much who you're always going to be compared to. Last year, the Rams went seven and three with Jared. Now Matthew Stafford, the same thing coming off probably his two worst games as a Ram Of course, you know, if you look at the box score, probably a little bit worse than if you actually watch the games, you see these multiple interceptions when we know even this past game, well, Tyler Higby was the reason for one of those interceptions. That was a pick six. That one's certainly not Matthew Stafford's fault, but he does need to play better. He's definitely coming off two bad games, regardless of how we break it down. But still, I mean, this guy throughout the totality of the season, still up there in every major passing category, whether you want to look at passing yards you know, raw box score stats like that, passing touchdowns, things like that, or the more in-depth legitimate statistics that take into context, a lot of different factors from, you know, passer rating to EPA per play, yards per attempt, average depth of target. A lot of these different things that really do a good job of breaking down how a quarterback is performing, but also what their play style is. You take into a context, how far are they throwing the ball and how much are they pushing it downfield? And are they going through, Their reads, their first, second, third options. Are they able to diagnose blitzes? Are they able to work under pressure? All these different things. And I think for the most part, Matthew Stafford has done a really good job at a lot of these things. Now, again, it's hard to always come off of two bad weeks and still be upbeat and excited about the projection moving forward and all that kind of stuff. Because there's a bad taste left in your mouth from those last two weeks. But in general, the Rams have played 10 games. Like we have a pretty good idea of who they are as a team right now who Matthew Stafford is as a quarterback. And I always talk about it on this podcast as well. Still don't think they've reached their peak or at their best stage. But I think to this point, he's been the most valuable player. I mean, the quarterback is usually the most valuable player for most teams, but for the Rams, especially this offense has clicked for the most part. They've been a very productive offense, passing offense, deep vertical passing offense, and Stafford is at the root of all of that. So As it stands right now, this guy's the most valuable player for the Rams. Hopefully, we can get a lot more of those contests compared to those first few weeks where he was dominating as opposed to these last few. But stinkers happen. Every quarterback in the NFL has them, whether we like it or not. We've seen Tom Brady do it. We've seen Josh Allen do it, Kyler Murray. Every quarterback that's been up there for the MVP award has had a stinker, and Matthew Stafford is no different. So, so far, the expectation's high, but I think he's really been Able to meet those, so that is the guy that has to be my MVP so far this season, and that takes us into the next award, Offensive Player of the Year. And I feel like there's only one answer here; it has to be Cooper Cup. This guy is nearly on pace to break the single season receiving record set by Calvin Johnson. I think it was maybe in 2014, 2015, maybe even 2016, I forget at this point. But Cooper Cup is like 40 or 50 yards off of that pace, and this guy's been unreal for the Rams, whether it's in the red zone. In any area of the field on third and long, third and short, converting first downs, making plays all across whether other, it's horizontal, vertical, has made plays on every single area of the field, short, intermediate, deep, left, right, slot, outside the numbers, behind the line of scrimmage, even lined up in the backfield. There is literally nothing Cooper Cup cannot do. He's been the best and most productive wide receiver in the NFL this season. Does that necessarily mean he is the most talented? maybe maybe not but when we look at the statistics this guy has been the most productive wide receiver in football he's been such a huge help for matthew stafford i think transitioning from detroit to la you see that chemistry coming up very quickly between those two i don't really know how they haven't skipped a beat and how they've looked like they play together for four or five seasons now but they definitely look comfortable with each other and cooper cup is this guy i mean he is the number one option in this offense he's the guy that makes everything go he has great hands, great route running ability, great separation ability, great yards after the catch ability. That is something that we don't talk much about when it comes to Cooper cup, but he's hard to tackle and he does a good job at staying upright and always creating yardage after contact or after actually getting hit by a defender. And it's really impressive to see this guy continuously play good football. The Rams are going to, need to find a way to keep him healthy because when you touch the ball that often you break that many tackles, you have that much punishment Anything can happen, right? This guy is a very important piece to this offense. He's actually the guy that is the most important piece outside of Matthew Stafford, the one that makes everything go. And when you see it, when he struggles, everyone else struggles. I mean, he drops a pass last week against the San Francisco 49ers, and it kind of parlays into a lot of guys not feeling as confident. You see Tyler Higby dropping passes, Van Jefferson dropping passes. I don't know if there's any kind of weird magic going on there, but when Matthew Stafford can find Cooper Cup and they feel comfortable, that's when the offense is at their best. The Rams still need to find a way to continue to get everyone else involved and maybe not rely on Cooper Cup as much going forward because teams can do interesting things to try and scheme him away, I guess, if they really want to. And we've seen when the Rams can't get him going in those 130 plus yard games, two touchdown plus games they can find a way to struggle. They need to find a different way to be productive through different avenues, not just Cooper Cup. But so far, everything's been really good and that is going to do it for the offensive player. In just a second here, we're going to dive into the defensive player of the year. This one might be a little bit controversial. I think I had the same player winning this award a quarter way through the season. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter as well, at QB's MEP at on Rams and on YouTube, at on Rams And does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite sports, your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your entire TV together. It is called direct TV stream and it brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling a bunch of different devices or a bunch of different remotes ever again. And the best part about this deal here. There is no annual contract involved, so you can get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about that at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible devices are required, and the content varies by package. And now we can continue along with where we're at here, picking up at DPOY, Defensive Player of the Year. And uh, this one, I think, has two good options, right? We're going to talk about Aaron Donald, of course, all the time and Jalen Ramsey, right? And maybe even if we look six weeks ahead into the future, Vaughn Miller could be a guy that stands out here as well. But for me, I think it's got to be Jalen Ramsey. I mean, Aaron Donald's not having the same impact that he typically has every season. And that's not to say that he's not still the best player in football, because I definitely think he is. But I just think some of those sack numbers, some of those pressure numbers, they're down right now. And I'm not really sure what to attribute that to. I think some of that has to do with Raheem Morris and some of the stunts that he's calling up front. I think Just a few times, you'll see Aaron Donald having to loop two or three gaps over, and it takes him out of the play. And I understand that you want to mix things up up front. It makes sense. And you want to redirect offensive linemen, get them confused. So that makes total sense to me. But that's probably why some of those numbers are down, because I don't think his play is down. And that leaves only Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion. Like This guy has done everything like Cooper Cup has for the offense. Jalen Ramsey is that for the defense. Like This guy can line up outside the numbers. He's going to line up in the slot half the time. And he could do anything. I even think that the Rams aren't taking full advantage of his skill set right now. We've talked about it many times on this podcast. He could be even more valuable to this defense where you want to stick him on an opposing number one wide receiver for an offense and have him erase that guy. Like we've seen him do that as far as last year. Like last year, he was erasing everybody off the field. It didn't matter whether it was DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, or anyone in between. Like he was locking them up and they weren't able to do anything. And right now, it feels like the Rams are just trying to be a little bit too creative with him. And I can't knock them for that. They want to have him around the ball, as they say. And that's a good place to have a game breaking style of player like that, making plays on the football with PBUs, pass breakups, interceptions. We've seen already a couple this season where he's looked really, really dangerous as a guy attacking the ball in the air. But at the same time, his best asset to your defense is his coverage ability. And this guy can be utilized a little bit better in that regard. But either way, He is the best player on this defense, at least in terms of the defensive player of the year award, I think. Aaron Donald's still the most talented player, still the best performing player, still the best player in football for my money. There's no chance that anyone's better in my opinion, but when it comes to their best performing player right now, maybe the most important asset, especially on that back end, with how the rest of those guys are playing, it has to be Ramsey. I mean, you look at David Long has struggled. Robert Rochelle has struggled. Darius Williams doesn't really look like the same guy from last year. None of these guys, Taylor Rapp, they're all kind of up and down, inconsistent performers right now, and that should make us even more appreciative of how good Ramsey has been because everyone else has dropped off for the most part, and yeah, he might not be as good as he was last year because what he did last year was insane. The fact that you can line up across number one wide receivers 55, 65 times a game and give them two catches for 13 yards, yards—like that is otherworldly type of stuff. Like That should not be expected. And still, he's been the best performer. He's still been consistent. He's still been great. He's still the best corner in football. He has the highest PFF grade. Like, this guy's all around amazing. There's no doubt about that. I think about that trade sometimes that the Rams had to send a bunch of assets over to Jacksonville. Two first-round picks and all this stuff. Yet, it's been worth every single second of it, in my opinion. That takes us into the Rising Star Award. And this one was interesting. I feel like I could have went in a bunch of different directions here. and I put this award and created this award really just because I felt like this one was going to be a thinker. And we probably all have different ideas in terms of who the rising star is on this team or who it should be to win this award for me though, I'm going to stick in that secondary and I'm going to go with Jordan Fuller, the safety former sixth round pick out of Ohio state. I genuinely think he's putting together such an impressive season and I didn't notice it at first because safeties, you know, if they're not getting interceptions, for the most part, their names are not going to be called. And once again, that's a good thing because that means you're probably not being beaten over the top for long touchdowns or for very long gains. But at the same time, you can sort of forget about their impact just because you don't hear them consistently, right? You see defensive linemen in that camera angle every single time, every single snap, the broadcast angle. You don't see safeties or what they're doing. So unless you're actually going back to watch the tape, you probably don't even realize how big of an impact someone like that is having. But in my opinion, Fuller has just been so good from all areas of the game. I mean, he's a guy that is very active in run support. You see it when offenses go to hand the football off, he gets on his high horse. And he has to because the Rams play a light front or a light box, meaning there's an imaginary box basically between the offensive line and the defensive line. And offenses usually dictate whether they're going to run or pass the ball based on how many defenders are in this box, as they say. And if you have a light box, that means you do not have... Extra players in there, but if you have a heavy box or a filled up box, that means you have probably a safety that's down there than an extra player in the box, which means, yeah, there's gonna be more space on the back end to throw the ball. So, football is sort of a simple game in that concept. And the Rams don't ever load up in the box, they like to have light boxes because they prefer to stop the pass first as opposed to stop the run first. But that means their safeties have to be very, very aggressive at filling the run fits when teams go to hand the ball off because the Rams do not have enough players in that box to make up a numbers advantage. At the end of the day, if you don't have enough guys to go tackle somebody, you're probably going to give up large chunks of yardage. So your safeties really need to be aggressive. And that's sort of how the Rams teach it here. And that's why Jordan Fuller has been so important because this is a guy that will get on his high horse when it's time to go stop the run and he'll make up 15 yards of ground in a split second and go tackle a guy after a two or three yard gain, When in reality, it looked like that guy probably should have gained six or seven or nine yards. And that is obviously a very big difference, three and nine yards. And not just that. I mean, at the end of the day, the NFL is a passing league. Whatever you do as a coverage player, that's going to dictate ultimately how good you are as a player. And I really think Fuller is a guy that can do everything. He can play single high right now. He can play two high coverages as a split safety. He can even play a little bit of man coverage, in my opinion, against tight ends. Like this dude is a good football player. You see it consistently come up. And I really think he's been one of the stabilizing pieces on the back end. A very, very talented player. In my opinion, a rising star. He's really taking that next step in his development this season into not necessarily that elite tier just yet. But I think he's getting very close to what we saw out of John Johnson last year to, you know, where most fans might know who he is and might even call him elite because they watch him every game. I'm talking about Rams fans. But other fans, maybe NFL media, people that don't watch the Rams as much, you don't really know who they are or how good they are until you watch. And then you realize, like, wow, this guy can make some plays. I don't really know how I never noticed it before. So I think he's on that kind of tier right now where everyone else maybe doesn't realize how good he is. But the people that do watch him all the time, you start to realize, really, this guy is a rising star in this league, in my opinion. When we go into next year, He's going to be one of the most important players for this defense, in my opinion. Now, in just a second here, make sure to continue listening because we're going to break down the last two awards, the most underrated player on this team, and the biggest weakness, which I think a lot of us will probably agree on, but make sure to keep tuning back in here at the Lockdown Rams podcast as your first daily listen throughout the rest of this week when we start to flip this page, looking ahead to the Los Angeles Rams and Green Bay Packers contest. But before we get there... If you haven't tried the Built Bar, I'm telling you, you guys are missing out. I've tried a lot of different protein bars in my time, and I've never really tasted any other protein bar like this. I mean, a lot of them are chalky, waxy, hard to take down, don't taste good, don't have a lot of protein. There's a lot of issues in this market, but the Built Bar honestly has none of these, and you seriously have to try yourself to believe what they ultimately taste like and what kind of experience this is, because these bars are soft, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, it's more of an experience than anything else, Not just that, like, let's call it what it is. They're low in carbs, they're low in calories, they're low in fat, low in sugar, and they're high in protein. So it has all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And they have so many different flavors. Actually this month built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So if you guys want to get in on some of these limited flavors to test them out, see what they taste like. You absolutely should. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss out. All you have to do, just go to built.com and use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. And you guys have heard me talk about betting here on this podcast many times. There is no thrill like it. I'm about to go play some parlays. Actually, I'm recording this on NFL Sunday before these games kick off. It's going to be an exciting one. And if you guys want to get in on some of that action, go check out betonline.ag. They have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. They are your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. So go ahead to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball to football to NHL, boxing, UFC, all of that good stuff, even to your favorite Vegas casino games. Make sure to take advantage of all the amazing offers available right now for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And as I mentioned, thank you guys for always making us your first daily listen here. For your second daily listen, go check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And now we can pick up with these last two awards here for the Los Angeles Rams at their mid-season award ceremony, right? There's still a lot of time. I feel like when we get three quarters way through the season, when we get throughout the entire regular season, We'll have a fun time kind of looking at how these evolved throughout the season and ultimately what changed. But I look at the most underrated player, the next one up here. And for me, this one has to be Andrew Whitworth, all reliable. This guy is so special. He is so dominant that we honestly forget how good he is. And the only reason I even realize how good he is, is because I look at the PFF numbers every week in terms of how the Rams performed, who might've stood out, who might've struggled this guy. And this is a stat that's honestly hard to believe. Andrew Whitworth. He hasn't allowed a quarterback pressure since week four. That's six weeks where he didn't even allow a pressure. Like we're not talking about sacks here. We're not talking about quarterback hits pressures. Like that means a guy getting within two or three yards of your quarterback. That is so absurd, especially the fact that he's 40 years old and he's still doing it at this level He honestly might be better than he's ever been right now at this age. That is so absurd. That is not normal. I don't know how he continues to do this. I honestly have no answers for it at this point. And we even heard him talk about it in the off season. He said, this is probably going to be my last season. I'm happy to retire at the end of this one. I want to kind of walk off in the sunset, as they say. And the Rams are looking pretty good right now. I mean, they're at seven and three. One of the best teams in the NFL. One of the best teams in the NFC. They're going to give themselves a legit shot to get to a Super Bowl. And I think, and I hope for everything that we've got here, that the Rams can give this guy a ring. Like he deserves it more than anyone in the NFL right now. He's been in the NFL for so long, consistently dominant and elite player. At this point, I think we have to be talking about, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he a guaranteed for the Hall of Fame? Is he a guy that is going to be in the Rams ring of fame? Like he has been that good for this team. He's been that good over the course of his career And somehow, at 40 years old, in potentially his last NFL season, he's maybe playing the best ball of his entire career. It is honestly absurd. It makes no sense at all. But the fact that he's so good allows everyone else on that offensive line to feed off of his energy. And not just that, but this plays a role in the schematics as well because the Rams, when you have a player that good at left tackle, what you can do is you can slide your line to the other side to give help to the remaining players on your offensive line. And what that does is that leaves your left tackle on an island, as they call it in the NFL, which means the defender that he's guarding has a two-way goal. Like he can move inside in a pass rush move. He can move outside. He can do whatever he wants. He can go through you. The other guys, it's going to be a lot harder to do that because you're congested. Like you got double teams, you got triple teams. You're getting help from the the right. Whatever the case is, you're going to have a harder time getting to the quarterback and yet they're still giving up more pressures those offensive linemen to their guys, the defenders, as opposed to the guy who's singled up pretty much every other snap. Like it's crazy. But at the same time, having a piece like that is so invaluable because it allows the rest of your offensive line to get the necessary help to also help those guys perform at the level that they need. And this is why Matthew Stafford hasn't been sacked that much this season. Yes, it's been a lot more the last two games, but in general, hasn't been sacked that much this season hasn't been this season. The Rams are top three in pressures, I think, right now, probably like top seven or eight in sacks right now. Like this guy is getting a lot of time in the pocket for the most part, and it's allowed everything to develop downfield. And this is why the Rams have been a good passing offense. A lot of that comes back to Andrew Whitworth and his stabilizing performance there, consistently healthy special special player like this guy is so good now i just remind myself he did miss one game if i remember correctly i think it was against the houston texans but still i mean since week four no pressures that is just absurd this guy is so so special we're gonna miss him when he's gone hopefully we get a few more seasons out of it but seems like this might be the final ride which takes us into the final award here and it is the biggest weakness on the team right now Not everything is great, right? Not everything is always perfect on a football team or in a sport. Not all 53 players are elite or Pro Bowl caliber players, which takes us into this biggest weakness award. And I think probably a lot of us, it has to be inside Lloyd Reader. This is the one spot where the defense is absolutely susceptible. It's where they're their weakest. You know, you look back to this past game. Reader was having all kinds of trouble covering guys, whether it was George Kittle, a running back out of the backfield, anyone across the middle of the field. I don't even know why he's covering Debo Samuel or, you know, some of these other guys. He's obviously going to lose those battles. But even when you get a guy like George Kittle, he stands no chance covering him. And we've seen, you know, second and long conversions or third and short conversions. He just struggled. And that's not his role. That's not what he can bring to you as a defender, what he can do is kind of knife through the backfield every now and again, make a nice tackle for loss or something like that. But definitely the biggest weakness I think on this roster right now, there's not really any other place that I could pinpoint as a major weakness. I mean, there's still some areas where I think there's question marks. You know, you look at center, Brian Allen, is he that guy yet? Is he not the running game? Is it as great as we think it is? Are they even going to run the ball enough to make it great? Uh, you look at some of these other areas, maybe the other cornerback spot, the third cornerback spot. But I ultimately think the inside linebacker position is the weakest right now for the Rams. Ernest Jones, he's flashed a little bit. I think the Rams feel pretty good about what they have there, especially moving forward into the future. As we see this guy start to get more snaps, more comfortable in the speed of the NFL, in the playbook, in the defense, all these kind of things. But right now, I think it's Troy Reader. This is a guy that if I was an offensive coordinator going against the Rams, I would have a similar type of game plan like Jimmy Garoppolo had last week, except I would tell my quarterback to target that guy as much as possible, like as much as humanly possible until they're starting to, you know, change who's covering these players or until they start to bracket coverage or double team or whatever I'm throwing at Troy reader, every single opportunity I get because he's just not a coverage guy. Like this is a guy that is just not great in general, but he is certainly not a coverage guy. And I don't mean to rag on him. He still has some positive plays. Like he still brought some things to this defense, but if there's one area that I think the Rams are certainly susceptible on that side of the ball, it's the middle of the defense there, that linebacker core, especially Troy Reader. If I'm a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, if that kind of guy can do it, a terrible quarterback like him can single out number 51 and kind of circle him and say, I'm going for this guy, I think a lot smarter quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, these guys, when we get deep into the playoffs, those guys should certainly take advantage of those kind of matchups. And we've seen guys like Aaron Rodgers do it in the past, Look back to last year with the Rams in the playoffs against the Packers. He was targeting Troy Hill like there was no tomorrow. I mean, he was not going to throw at Jalen Ramsey. He hardly did. Hardly threw at Darius Williams. He was targeting Troy Hill, snap after snap after snap, and it ultimately worked enough for them to win that game. So good quarterbacks, they find the matchups they like, and I think this is one that most quarterbacks should feel pretty good about, unfortunately, for the Rams but that is going to wrap it up for this mid-season award ceremony. Make sure to keep tuning back in here at Lockdown Rams as your first daily listen throughout this week. We're going to start to break down this big pivotal matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers. The last two potential teams to stand in the NFC this season. It, it could ultimately come down to these two teams and the NFC seating picture could ultimately really be decided or have a big play this week, when we look back in five, six, seven weeks, this one could be a pivotal matchup here. So make sure to tune into that. Make sure keep tuning in here at Lockdown Rams as your first daily listen. And just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QBsMEP at Lockdown Rams, and on YouTube at Lockdown Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.